So how's it been? Good, good. Same old or uh, working on anything new and exciting? I'm the keynote speaker in Suriname at their social media conference. Okay, when's that? That's middle of October, and a few days before that, I'll be in Dubai teaching the government. And a couple weeks after that, I'll be in Pakistan training up a bunch of Pakistanis at a conference I spoke at a couple of years ago with 5,000 people. And Most famous uh, man in Pakistan. <laughs> most famous American, maybe. Yeah. Well, it, um, what's a, Suriname, is it? Is that Suriname, South, South yeah. America? Suriname, South America, right? Yeah. Pretty cool. Amazon yeah. jungle, gold, all that. <laughs> Developing country. How long are you there? A whole week. So I'm there for the conference for two days to speak, and then they're arranging a jungle adventure travel thing, see all these different villages. The local airline of the country is flying me business class from Miami, which is great. So I get to meet all the people, experience the culture. Pretty awesome. That'll be an experience. I'm jealous. <laughs> you could come. When is it? October twenty mm, first. Hang on. Too many tabs open here. I'm gonna be in Dubai from the thirteenth to the nineteenth, and then twenty first to the thirtieth. 31st. Yeah. Okay. So basically 10 days I'll be in Suriname. Okay. And then I have to be in Dallas on the 2nd for another digital marketing conference. <laughs> that jet lag's going to be uh going to be fun. I've done this many times. It's no problem at all. <laughs> yeah. And it's then the Philippines, I'm going to try to do the, yeah, then oh, actually wait Phoenix on November 6th for Digimarcon. And Vegas on the 13th. And I'm supposed to speak in Guangzhou on the 17th in China. <laughs> and then December, sorry, November 27th, I have to be in Sydney, Australia for the biggest search marketing conference. I've spoken there like 14 years in a row. And then December 1st and 2nd, connected Pakistan in Islamabad. And then I'm free. No more travel through the end of the year unless it's just fun travel. Well, it's all fun travel, but it's not speaking travel. Yeah. Busy Q4. It's a normal Q4, actually. Really? Yeah, normal. You can, every year I've done this for 20 plus years. <laughs> Fair enough. I sleep on the plane. I work on the plane. I always make sure there's Wi-Fi so I don't lose any time. I, in some ways, I'm even more productive. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. So yeah. always, always working. Yeah. <clears throat> so dive into a couple things. Um, I've saw, I've seen you posting a lot of content and a lot of blog posts around home service. Mm -hmm. um, some of my clients have, um, maybe I'm explaining it wrong, but they've had, can, can't understand how social media pl plays a role in SEO and how it all ties together. That's a great topic. Almost everyone doesn't understand that topic. 
including the agencies and social media people. So did you, can you dive in a little bit how you think yeah. uh, that plays yeah. a role yeah. in your experiences and how you, uh, how you do everything? Well, let's look at it this way. So I'm a search engine engineer. I built the analytics at Yahoo 25 or so years ago. And the job of a search engine is to show good results for humans. And the job of these people that do SEO is to try to trick us as the search engines. Obviously, they're trying to help the client rank on whatever keyword, but most of the time the client doesn't actually deserve to rank on those keywords, right? So if you look at home service businesses or you look at you know people that have homeless charities or whatever it might be, do you actually have the content that is helpful to a user against the keywords that you want to rank on? And most of the time is no, it's garbage. And so what we teach and what you implement is actually collect that knowledge. Collect those as one-minute videos or a longer-form piece of content that can be chopped up as you know how to do and do it very well. And then when that gets pushed to Instagram and TikTok and blog posts and YouTube, which is part of Google, and all these other places, that sends a signal to the search engine, hey, there's content here. And then, Keegan, did you know that a huge ranking factor in the last year or so is engagement and that Google can see the engagement on those videos hmm. and the blog posts. Hmm. Hence so why just because you follow so the process of distributing content, just because you take a long-form video and chop it up into different pieces and put it out there and put it on websites and do what's called Google stacking, which is you put it inside a YouTube video tied to the business that goes to a web page that has that embedded video with the GMB and other pieces attached. Just because you do that and use all these Google products in a stack doesn't mean you're necessarily going to rank if the content itself isn't helpful. And so Google has these guidelines like EEAT as part of what they call helpful content, right? So if people actually engage on that content, Google can see that. They can see how long they're watching the video. They can see our people going through the site. So the black hat, which means the people that do things the wrong way to try to trick Google, they engage, engage in what's called CTR manipulation. Have you seen that before? Yes, I have a little bit. So for those that don't know, CTR manipulation is sending bots or maybe like VAs from other countries, but you change the IP address to make it look like it's coming from Atlanta or Calgary or wherever, wherever that business is. So it, that actually does help surprisingly. I can't believe Google hasn't shut that down. <laughs> but that does help you rank on the keywords that you want because it sends a local signal. It also creates citations because that content gets reshared and syndicated in multiple ways. But imagine if you did it the, the right way and the people who actually are interested in your product or service are engaging on content that actually is helpful and you make it visible to Google. Will that help you rank on those keywords in search? Of course Absolutely. And I've seen it work for sites that have no backlinks, sites that don't have traditional SEO power like we would do in our SEO audits because they use social media as a way to create good content to then distribute it to get real engagement and the result of that is ranking in search engines. So you don't do SEO, you do relationship building. You do take care of your clients. You do share your knowledge openly. You do build trust. You do generate great reviews. The result of doing all those things is SEO. So SEO isn't something you buy. SEO is the result of taking care of your customers, creating content, repurposing content, running ads, dollar a day in the way you do, Keegan.
that so the result right you can't you can't hire someone to lose weight for you right if you're fat the, nope. the result of working out and of eating properly and sleeping and all the result of all that is you lose weight right that's where okay. everyone gets it wrong because the seo people the people who are selling these services are selling the result because that's what customers want but you can't purchase that result you can't purchase a wife well at least not in the united states and canada <laughs> you know you have to earn it absolutely no one of the uh one of the things that i tell prospects or when we do audits is like okay this is great but when when are we going to see results and it's like you just said don't use that exact analogy but it's you have to earn it it's not like we can throw three thousand dollars of ad budget into something and all of a sudden you're going to appear through all these terms and show up everywhere it's not how it works it takes time especially if you're starting from ground zero with nothing yeah so if you hear guarantees run and the other thing is it can't happen overnight. I could go to the gym. There's a gym right across the street from here, as you know, and they have all the best equipment. It's this huge place with all the machines and everything like that. And if I go work out there for three hours, will I get six-pack abs? Nope. No. So the gym's a scam, right? <laughs> Maybe there's no. another gym that can give me the results I'm looking for in three hours if I just work out really, really hard for three hours, right? That sounds good. Everybody should go there then. So who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want like, and that's what all the weight loss pills and other people on the internet are selling this kind of stuff. Cause that's what people want, but it's not possible. So, but then again, the people who are scammers, I just published an article five minutes ago. I, I put it, it on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it yet. On, I saw it. You saw it that fast. I was scrolling Twitter. I freshed it at the okay. right time. And I wrote an article about what happened to service legend. And the rise and fall of Ryan Davis, a con man in the home services industry. And there's 40 pages of detailed notes and documentation. Me, as an investigative journalist, too, I interviewed a whole bunch of people, a bunch of clients. 20 clients came to me, and they all consistently told me the same thing about what happened. I interviewed Ryan Davis, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I have his own incriminating screenshots and things that he sent me that he was proud of that really just reveal that – he was managing this business, this agency, taking advantage of home service clients that were trusting him, mom and pop businesses, trusting him with their money, paying $5,000 a month and getting nothing. We clearly audit it. It's like a fat person on the scale. You can tell me whatever, but if your weight has gone up and you are 5'5 five, five and 300 pounds, you are obese. I'm sorry, my friend. I don't care what you have to say or what your clothes are. You can't lie to me. The world of SEO and digital, you can't lie. It's easy to audit the thing. And it goes through step-by-step step of exactly what happened and how this company fell apart. Not because we're trying to trash Ryan Davis. I mean, if he wants to go to the strip clubs and buy Porsches and hide the stuff from his wife and change QuickBook entries, that's on him, right? But if you are taking money from honest businesses and pretending to offer a service, then that is illegal and it's unethical. And if you're hiring an agency... You know, if you're going to hire a Keegan, you're going to want to hold them accountable, not just to the, you know, how many posts they did, how many videos they edited, how many impressions and likes and whatever. That's great. But I want to see, did that drive revenue? Did it drive sales? Did it drive phone calls? Did it drive donations? So this is really just a call to, hey, you need to own your own marketing, right? You need to, just because the mechanic says all these great things about, you know, whatever, you need to look under the hood. And it's very easy to check the oil. It's very easy to change a tire. But there's a lot of crooked mechanics out there. 
That's what's going on in the world of digital. Danny Barrera made a post on Instagram a couple weeks ago, and he said, marketing agencies lie, lie, and lie, right? They're just there to cheat you. They're driven by salespeople who shouldn't have even been in the business just to take your money. And how do you protect yourself? And, you know, if, if I interview, if I didn't know any better, and I interviewed, you know, five people that could claim they could make me a big deal on social media and drive all this revenue and make me a millionaire by next week, and they all sounded good, how do I tell who's actually any good? You can't. Because if you're a mechanic, you can tell, right? If you're, if you're like me and you're a, an engineer and I'm a mechanic, so I'm there in the back. I got grease on my hands because I'm under the hood, you know? I'm working on the car. And you try to tell me something that's not true. You tell me that the car is low on blinker fluid. We got to refill the blinker fluid. We got to change the transmission. We have to buy out, you know, get a whole new engine. And it's not necessary. I'm going to look at this and say, well, I ran the diagnostics. Everything's running fine. We just need to, you know, change the oil or whatever, right? The majority of mechanics out there are not, I won't even say that's even worse than that. The majority of digital marketing folks out there are crooked because they're salespeople. Like this guy, Ryan Davis, he heard that everyone wanted to buy SEO packages and we're in a coaching group that he got kicked out of. And they were, people in the coaching group were saying, hey, you need to offer SEO because that's what everyone wants. They want, they want to rank on Google for their local businesses, right? So sell it. So he started selling it before he even had people that could do it. And he didn't even know what it was. But he wanted to sell it anyway. So he got all these people to pay him all this money. He was doing $300,000 a month. And these clients churn out because there's no one there to do the work. There's no operations people. Of course they're going to churn out because they're going to say, I haven't seen any results in my business. And then Ryan will say, yeah, we'll just give it a few more months because you know Google's algorithm keeps changing. And then these clients come to me and they say, Dennis, I suspect something is fishy here. Can you do an audit? Five seconds later, I'm like, yep. Nothing's been done. But I've been paying this guy 18 months for $5,000 a month. I know. I'm sorry. Ask for a refund. Try to get some money if there's any left. That's what's going on in the world of digital. And the the latest round is influencer marketing and social media, and I'm going to make you famous. No, you have to earn it like we said, right? Agencies Mm -hmm. can help you, but you have to have the starting ingredients of being a successful business with clients that love you. And delivering clear value that you've documented and having great relationships. No agency can overcome that. We call it making chicken salad out of chicken shiitake. You can't do it. Exactly. The analogy I like to use is us as digital marketers, we're just adding fuel to the fire. We're not creating it. We're amplifying good businesses. If your business sucks, we're not here to solve your strategy problem. We're not here as a Hail Mary you know, figure out how your, your business is dying and you haven't figured out exactly what to do or who your customer base is, a USP, you just start your business. Can't help on that. It's not about creating, you know, new ideas or, oh, if we just, my business sucks, but if I go on TikTok, I'll be famous. Like, no. No, it's the people that are selling products around that are making money on TikTok. Or I don't mean just TikTok. I mean any channel, right? Anyone who's trying to sell you Social media marketing services is probably just trying to sell social media marketing services and selling the fact that they're selling that, and they themselves have never actually done anything. I, I that's that's a little agree. lie that people don't want to talk about in our space. That's the turd in the punch bowl. <laughs> but it takes real mechanics and engineers like you and me behind the scenes, like as actual industry practitioners, to say, like, 
yeah, we, we know. We know thousands of people like this. The majority of people selling SEO and social media are scammers, whether they realize it or not, because they don't deliver. Nope. They don't have a clear process. Right, Keegan? So when you flew out here, whatever, to hang out in Las Vegas, you got on a plane and that pilot was certified, right? They had to go to flight mm-hmm. school, get a license. You, if you have surgery, that doctor, they had to go to medical school, get a license, right? Is there a license in digital marketing or social media or influencer or whatever you want to call it? Not at all. And when there's no license, what happens? You get, uh, you get the crooks, the turd and the punch bowl. You get a service legend is what happens. You get people that come into the industry because they think it's easy money because all these other people are idiots. They don't know anything about digital. I can sell them this SEO thing and they won't know any better. And besides, I've, I see other people that are selling it and they're driving par- Porsches and going to the strip club. So I'm going to do the same thing. It's, uh, it's the money thing. It's, uh, at the end of the day, it's greed um, and not thinking long term. If building actual relationships with people and clients is what sustains a business. What happens, Keegan, when you see someone on social media and they're boasting about their extravagant lifestyle and about how successful they are and how they're spending all this money and living this luxurious dream? What does that really tell you? They're broke. And they don't care about you as the client. Everything's about them and their money. This guy, Ryan Davis, wouldn't answer the phone. He built it up, well, with Marco's help. They built it up to 149 clients. And they were actually operating well when they had a CMO and they had a marketing team. 17, I think, of the 32 people that were there, half of the team has left in the last two months. So there's no operating people. There's no SEO person. There's no one that knows even how to build websites. It's all being outsourced. They're outsourcing, it to, they're outsourcing all the fulfillment to a friend of mine. But no one has any idea how any of it works. So it's falling apart because it's all driven by the sales. And, and it, the, when you look at the founder, this is how you tell. You look at the founder and see, what do they care about? What do they actually do? Is it about their lifestyle? And there's nothing wrong with living well if you take care of your clients, but if you don't take care of your clients and you're out playing golf and using the company's money to buy luxury for you, that's the wrong priority. Founder, looking at the, any founder, they're the eyes in the business. And um, one thing I'll say, it's prospects when you would do audits whatever it's you don't want to work with us that's fine we're not for you just biggest thing take a look at the founder first if you know like trust them you're good to go green light but if you don't trust your gut yeah this guy ryan davis was posting bible quotes while he's at the strip club because he knows that his audience base is conservative and they're christian so he pretends to be a christian there's what comes out of his mouth and then there's his behavior right and his rationalization was, well, it's great marketing. I'm aligning with my customer by putting out things that they want to say. Like, yes, that's true, but you don't live that. So he got absolutely roasted on social media when his scam got found out. He thought he could continue it forever. He got found out, and all these clients started taking his posts, these Bible quotes that he put on Facebook, and posting them as comments saying, this is what Ryan Davis has been saying. This is, what he's, this is how he acts. This is what he's saying. The last thing you want to be, Keegan, is a Ryan. You would never be a Ryan Davis. But as a warning to anyone that's out there who thinks it's easy money in digital marketing, look at what happened to Ryan Davis. See if you're engaging in any of those behaviors and stop doing it.
you will be found out. 100% agree. Uh, it's, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to name drop, but I know people doing a similar thing, outsourcing everything, don't have a clue what they're doing. Um, and it's just a matter of time. Yep. That's all the industry seems to be. Mm -hmm. um, and in regards to digital marketing, easy money, it's not. It's like any business. It's difficult. There's peaks, valleys. And it's tough when you're looking at like people like Ryan Davis, where they're doing 300 grand a month. And they're scanning and they're knowing that. And then there's people like you and me, we're honest businesses, honest people. And you look at that, it's like, how? How do people not see it? I just wanted to go over kind of like, obviously we started with social media, how it ties in SEO and went, uh, went a little bit sideways. Um, that, that was the biggest thing. Um, another thing, clients will say, stick on the local service theme. Clients that maybe only have two, $3,000 to spend per month. Mm -hmm. What do you think the budget allocation should be? Um, if any, or just all eggs in one basket. I don't believe all eggs in one basket because let's say you're running Facebook ads and they're working well and your ad gets, you know, shut down, ad account gets shut down or you're suspended, then all of a sudden you're left with a problem. Like we have one client, they are a liposuction, it's liposuction, you know, cosmetic surgery in Milwaukee and we've been doing super well with Google ads. And then all of a sudden, the Google ads got suspended. And now we're submitting all these verifications and whatnot, which is crazy. But for a week and a half, we've not, our Google ads have been off. So we've had to start Facebook ads, which is something we didn't, you know, it's a relatively new client, but we didn't have that before. So I don't believe that you should put everything in one basket. That said, I'll say something that seems counterintuitive. Whatever's working the best, do more of. So what we know works super well for local service companies is LSA local service ads. And Google has been opening up LSA to every category. They've opened it up to medical now. So dentists and uh, med spas are open. That's a new category. Home services has been in there forever. Legal, real estate, you know, locksmith. If you're in a local services category that has some kind of licensing, then there is nothing better than local service ads. If you have a strong GMB, now it's called Google Business Profile, with great reviews, you answer the phone, you mark leads that come in, you take real good care of your customers. If that's the case, there's nothing better because technically LSA, Keegan, is advertising, right? Because you're paying money. But I really consider it part of SEO because you don't create ads in LSA, do you? It's being generated off of what's already in your GBP. And you're being shown, you can choose the categories that you're in and the regions, neighborhoods that you're in, but you don't get to choose. You're not like writing ad copy. It's not like regular Google AdWords, right? Or now called Google Ads. It's an extension of you doing a good job in your community already. You're just paying for additional distribution. And then Google adds the Google verified, Google guaranteed thing on top of it. But we see the ROI on that is the number one thing for local services. Now, if you if you're not in a category where Google offers LSA or you're not in a country where they offer LSA, then the next best thing is regular Google ads. And Google has relatively recently moved everything to Performance Max, right? 
Performance Max is where you're not having to set up separate campaigns to run on YouTube, which is part of Google, or search, or display, or whatnot. You set up one campaign, put all the assets in there. It looks very much like Facebook's interface. Gee, imagine that. And then the system optimizes for you. How much tuning is required? When you set up Facebook ad campaigns in the right way, where you have content videos and whatnot, and you have the actual call tracking and the, the real signal of what a conversion is and you do the same on, on Google, how much work is it to actually build campaigns once you actually have good content and you're passing through the signal, which is called digital plumbing? How much work is it? It's next to none. It's exactly. almost like click of a few buttons. So 90% of the work is actually having that content and passing through the signal meaning the conversion signal, not leads, but you know something lower, as close as you can to the CRM, to the revenue, right? And then the system optimizes for you. That's been the big change in the last three or four years in digital advertising. Most people don't know that. And agencies don't want people to know because they want to make it seem all complicated and they want to keep charging you $3,000 a month or whatnot. If you know that 90% of the work is in the setup, then what should the ongoing cost be? For advertising, how much, how much should an agency charge for advertising if 90% of the work's in the setup? Ad budget, retainer, me personally, we charge a setup fee um, based on monthly retainer ad spend and then get rid of the setup fee. Yeah. So I wouldn't even call it a setup fee because if, if I wanted you, Keegan, to build a house for me, would I call that a setup fee or is that construction? <laughs> Right. A setup, yeah. a setup sounds like, oh, we'll just like click a few buttons here and there. You fill out yeah. an enrollment form. There's a little bit of onboarding. That's a setup, right? Okay. But you're building something. Yeah. Yeah. You don't just okay. set up an ad campaign. I mean, because <laughs> if you say setup, oh, I'm going to set up an ad campaign. That, that sort of seems like, oh, well, maybe somebody for like 15 or 20 minutes is going to click on some forms and that'll be it, right? Yeah. There's more than that. <laughs> but what you're doing that, that is way more effort and way more valuable is you're processing their content. Now, it's their content because you're not speaking as their face or using AI to simulate their face or whatnot. They produce the content, but you're processing it and making sure it's being seen, which means pushing it to multiple places and boosting it as well. That's, that's a lot of work. The advertising is not a lot of work, but ironically, the advertising drives a way higher – higher ROI because that's how you have the content be seen. Even for clients that are big, we work for billion dollar companies and we still put an advertising budget on it. Because maybe, you know, X number of people will see it organically, but I want people to continue to see it on and on, not just organically where it's dead in a day, right? I want to see ROI. If I invested so much in producing and processing this content, I want to see an ROI on that. And then I want it to continue to rank and search because if people are engaging on that content, Google sees it. And it's going to rank in Google, even though it started out on social media. Okay. I, see. I, I know exactly what I mean. It's um, the tough thing. When I explain dollar a day to new clients or prospects or whatever, it's also almost like a foreign concept. Like dollar a day, it's not going to be seen by anybody. Ads are too expensive, blah, blah, blah. And it's, yeah. no. It's testing. It's you testing, say it's a testing, testing strategy. Testing. The more yep, content you testing. produce, the more testing. Like most people have the idea that, of this like half court shot that you're going to produce this one amazing piece of content and that's your one shot at half court. Well, let's say you're even really good at basketball. What percent of the time are you going to make a half court shot, right? Low. 
20%, if that. I mean, 20% would be great, you know, from that far away. <laughs> so the idea of dollar a day is let's, we're going to test, as you know, different combinations of hooks and body and calls to action, different targeting. There's all sorts of different combinations and knobs that you can twist across and it might work on YouTube or work better on Facebook or work, but I mean, there's all these different variations, these attributes, you know, knobs you can twist and we're going to keep trying different combinations of them. Of course, intelligent combinations based starting with something that's already working, not just randomly doing stuff. Right. And dollar a day is I want to test until I find something that works. And then I'm going to spend a hundred dollars a day or a thousand dollars a day because it's working. And therefore I'm not spending the money it's coming out of the profits that I'm generating because it's proven to generate more clients and whatever the business is that you have. That's what clients, they don't understand. Like if I told you, Keegan, I had this money machine and it costs a dollar every time to play. But if you win and it says, ding, ding, you know, get $10 back, you can now put a thousand and it'll give you 10 times that back. You keep playing it all day long, even though 90% of the time you put in a dollar, nothing happens. But the minute you keep putting a dollar, 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 and then all of a sudden you find a winner and you're allowed to max, the, you know, the winner does 10x, the winner does 20x, I put $100,000 into that. And we've done that. We've spent a million dollars a day for some companies, like a Rosetta Stone, which is a well-known brand. So that way, you know, you got an existing brand, something that's working, tried a hundred different variations. One did really, really well put a million dollars a day against it. But they're seeing that return, so that million dollars doesn't matter. But I'm not going to put a million dollars on something, even if I think <laughs> it looks really good and you know the CEO and the big boss says, yeah, this is a really good. I love the ad here. It's so creative. We're going to test it. And only if it's generating revenue am I going to start to turn the knob, turn the knob, and keep turning the knob, right? I'm not just going to this is the biggest problem with clients is that they think, and same with agencies, they think they can look at a bunch of creatives, a bunch of different video concepts, and they can pick the winner. I've been doing this for almost 30 years, Keegan. Even today, I can't tell. I think I'm good. I can't tell. Can you tell? Nope. Market picks the winner. That's right. L literally, if they understand that this is a testing methodology – then you've won with dollar a day because all you got to do is find one winner and then you let it run forever and crank it up. Yeah. Then they're going to keep paying your retainer because you've got a winner and it's producing ROI. So of course they're going to keep producing. Of course they're going to keep paying your retainer. And as with any business, they want more. So they're going to keep working with you to try to create better and better variations, playing winner stay on. You got a one winning video? How do we tweak, uh, tweak that? Do we have that person in that video say something different? Do we try another person saying that? Do we change the background? Do we, like, there's so many different things that you can tweak from that creative. Mm -hmm. Once you zero in on exactly why people are buying, why does that one video work? That requires an understanding, critical thinking, understanding the goals, content, and targeting. AI can't do that. That requires a human to really understand. Mm -hmm. Last thing I wanted to touch on. This is like a personal question. Yeah. a little bit or like from me the how so obviously we want to like when we drive the conversions we want to see cash collected as a direct roi mm -hmm. something i've been having an issue with is leads go to sales team doesn't convert is that onus on me client both it's on both so this is a classic sales versus marketing dilemma that's gone on for years and what the sales team will say is, 
you guys are driving us bad leads. That's why sales mm -hmm. are down or that's why whatever excuse. And the marketing people will say, no, we're driving you great leads. They're filling out the form. You guys just aren't following up fast enough, aren't closing them, you know, are whatever, are slow basically. Or these leads take time to mature because it takes multiple touches. Maybe they are qualified, but they're not ready to buy right now. And the salespeople are trying to drive sales right now. So there's a time distortion there. So it's both. But the solution, because we there's one client we're working with and they're spending $900,000 a month on ads. And prior to us taking over, they were optimizing to the lead. So they were basically telling the Facebook algorithm, give us as many leads as possible. But the trouble is that this client wanted companies that have 15 plus employees because of the nature of what they're offering. And because it was just, they were optimizing the leads. They were getting people who worked at Walmart as greeters or whatnot. And these people don't have companies with 15 plus employees. They were getting a bunch of small businesses that had one to five employees that were not qualified, right? So the sales team was blaming marketing, which is us, that we were driving horrible leads so then the question became, okay, what do we do? Well, maybe we should, and on the form, have a drop down on, oh, what's, you know, how many employees do you have? And just like filter out the ones that are less than 15. And so we tried that, but that, that didn't work very well. And the answer was this, and we've tested it. And I saw some results yesterday that came through. When we pass through the conversion signal of a proper completed registration, where they filled out all this stuff, and they were 15 plus employees, that helped Facebook do the sub-targeting optimization for us. So we could have run ads trying to target people with the criteria of 15 plus employees, but you can't really get that out of the data. That's just incomplete. But if you feed back the conversion signal through the conversion API and offline conversions, and you say, I want more people like this, you pass through a lower funnel signal than just someone who filled out a form, it works wonders because the optimization hmm. is being done by the machine, not by us. Not by us trying to force it through a particular form because every time you add another field, you lose 25% of those people mm -hmm. and another 25% every time you add another field. You've seen these people with these long fields like what's your income and give us your first child and what's your social security. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to fill out this whole thing, right? Because of course you'd want that. But every field you add, you lose 25% of the people. So we kept the simple lead form. But instead of saying, Facebook, give us more leads, because we were choosing leads as the objective, that was our fault. We then fed through the signal of the high quality sales, they're called SQL, sales qualified leads. We passed those through. And now Facebook's optimizing to people that meet that criteria. So the form completion, we get a higher form completion rate. Our, high, our cost per lead has gone up, but the quality is 10 times better. Hmm. So with sales and marketing, because marketing usually stops at the lead. And then they say, mm -hmm. now that's on the salespeople to follow up and call them. So maybe we could look at you know, call rail and see how many calls are at least a minute long and, and in the CRM and see what happened to these people, lead disposition. But the trouble with looking at lead disposition is often – that conversion doesn't happen for weeks or months. So in B2B, sometimes leads can take, uh, there was one I talked to last week, who, who are they doing? But they, their leads take 12 to 18 months because of the nature, what are they selling? Health care, they're, they're selling employee, uh, EAP, employee assistance programs to larger companies. 
You have to go through yeah. HR, get approval from all these different mm -hmm. people. So if we're waiting to see whether that lead matures 12 to 18 months later, that's, that's way too long for us to be able to wait to optimize on the campaigns. But if we pass through the signal of people who have already converted in the past and said, find other people like this, then the targeting is built into the optimization. That's what people are getting wrong with digital ads. So that's how you solve the sales and marketing issue. It's through digital plumbing. It's through passing through the lowest level of signal possible. And the highest, okay. the closer to the money, the better that signal is. So that usually requires some kind of CRM integration. Maybe you can, you know, Zapier your way there. But most companies aren't doing that. And so that's why the salespeople blame marketing and vice versa. Okay. I deal with this every yeah. day. Yeah, this one personal injury firm where – were you with me? I don't remember, but in um, L.A. In L.A., I don't think – I don't know if we went, but they're a big personal injury firm in L.A., and they spend $1.7 a month on PPC. And they had this issue where they were driving leads and calls, but there was a quality issue. And because they didn't have digital plumbing in place, they weren't sending the right signal to have Facebook and Google optimize for that higher quality call because someone who – is in an accidental death case is worth way more than someone in a fender bender. So you want to pay disproportionately more for how, you know, how valuable those cases are. Okay. That makes sense. It's literally that simple. It's not any work that anyone else has to do on an ongoing basis. You just got to pass the signal to the engine and let Facebook and Google and TikTok and whatever optimize for you. I'm surprised people don't do that. It's like the agencies don't know any better and the client's no matter how big their teams are, they don't know. The bigger the teams are, the less likely are they are to understand this concept. Okay. Yeah, because like obviously digital plumbing in place for every client, but that's definitely the issue. We, we don't have a CRM integration. It was just in the site and all the pixels accordingly. So that's definitely it. So what are you optimizing to? I don't care if your clients are small and they don't have teams of salespeople and whatnot. If you're optimizing to something and then you're, you're complaining, you're optimizing the leads, someone clicking on something, yep. filling in a form, and then those leads aren't any good, whose fault is that? Yeah, exactly. Don't blame Facebook and Google. You told them you wanted leads and they got you leads and they're, they're seeking out leads. And as far as you know and as far as they know, they're doing a great job because they're giving you what you asked for. Isn't it okay. crazy how, that this has happened to me <laughs> hundreds of times, if not thousands of times? Every time it's like the same situation. And then we've got to re-explain the same thing. And then, you know, we, guess what? We pass through the correct signal. The, the algorithm, you know, which is Google, Facebook, their AI and all that is super powerful, super smart, starts optimizing. We start getting better quality leads and everyone's amazed. And each time I say, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> That one client in Milwaukee, is that, um, that's Dr. Zelko, right? It's Zelko, yeah. That's, uh, I remember you did the audit with me and Danny that's in right. Nashville. Yeah, we were in Nashville and did the audit, yeah. Yeah, Crazy. we're in the, in the ballroom as uh, they're cleaning up around us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't hide from the audit. The scariest thing oh. to an incompetent agency is a Dennis U audit. The funny thing <laughs> is that I know a lot of agencies that are great, and they love my audits. Because it just reveals to them that everything's going great, right? Yeah, you uh, definitely done the best live audit I've seen. Just deeper understanding. 
what, what makes it, you say best, but what, what makes that good? When somebody truly understands something, they're able to explain it to other people like they're a five-year-old and break it down in the simplest terms, and use metaphors, analogies, etc., to help people understand and paint a picture of how keywords play into blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. you just did, you outlined all of SEO on the site. You broke it down in 30 minutes for somebody and a business owner does, doesn't know anything about it is able to understand and actually take away some value from it rather than some digital agency spitting a bunch of gibberish at them that they don't understand and then just trying to get two, $3,000 a month out of them. And so they have an incentive to trick you. The digital agency wants you to think that's super complicated because, oh, you wouldn't want to try to touch SEO yourself because that's, you know, really dangerous. Really? Yeah. You have a bunch of people that work in Pakistan that do or whatever country that have hardly any training and they're doing it and we speak English and we know your business better. The business owner knows the business better. That's the number one requirement to be successful in digital because you're working with the content. Mm-hmm. But who's going to – have you ever heard anyone say that? Nope. They don't say that. They try to make it this foreign, mysterious thing. It's uh, always trying to confuse the confuse the client prospect. Yeah, it's making it no transparency. It's harder than if they realize what we actually do. If they saw how the sausage is being made, maybe they wouldn't hire me. Exactly. Exactly. So I appreciate you. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. No, it's been a little bit. I imagine. Come out to uh, Vegas. Let's hang out. I got to. I'm going to be in I'm going to be in Utah end of October. Okay. So, I know you're in that's when you're going to South America. Right? You can come if you you're want. You Dubai. Okay. I'm meeting a client down there, so yeah. Have a have a good lighthouse for a project I've been working on with. So, good. Yeah. Yeah. Proud that's of a you. cool little software. So, See where it goes. Awesome, Mr. Keegan.